Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm the host of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast, and you're about to listen to part three of a three-part series we did with the Georgia College students who majored in marketing and graduated this spring. I apologize in advance. Uh, There's an echo throughout the recording. We did it in a remote location, but please still listen in. What these college students did was a great thing, and I love hearing their stories, and I hope all of you uh, love it as well. So here we go. another episode of Justin and the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. And today I have with me the last group from Georgia College, the marketing seniors about to graduate. And this is a duo. All the rest of the groups we've talked to have been a a triple. So the first thing I want you guys to do is introduce yourselves. Tell me where you guys are from and why you chose marketing as a major. Kat? Okay. Um, my name is Kat Sellers. I'm from Suwannee, Georgia, which is just about an hour north of Atlanta. And I chose marketing as my major because when I was a freshman, I was business undecided. I was looking at the list of majors online at Georgia College. And I thought, okay, well, which one of these is going to give me the most creative freedom, but also give me a great introduction into what it's like to be a businesswoman? And out of those, I picked marketing, and it has been everything that I thought it would be, and so much more. And I'm very grateful for Georgia College, because I feel like it's given me such an amazing opportunity to learn, and to be here on your podcast today. Tall? Um, Hey, I'm tall. It's like the height, both one L. Um, I'm from Alfreda, Georgia, so right near Atlanta. Um, I'm a marketing major because I was originally education, and then I decided that being a teacher is not really for me, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, and I thought marketing would kind of open a lot of doors and help me get new opportunities to figure out what I want to do, and it has helped me with that. And, like, you can't go wrong with marketing. Like, you, you could use it in every single field. Oh, I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. marketing, whether it's your HR and you're marketing internally or you're in marketing and marketing externally or you're in any department possible, you're marketing yourself, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, you're marketing the business you work for. And so let's talk a little more. So dreams, you guys are about to graduate. If you could put yourself... 5, 10, 15 years down the road? Do you have an idea of where you want to be? What kind of companies you want to do? Do you want to be entrepreneurs? Like, what are sort of your real goals? The ones you don't tell anyone that you want because these things are things you dream in your head that you want in your life. Kat? Oh, I have so many dream career goals. My mind goes to a million different things immediately. One is I would love to work for Whole Foods in corporate. Um, I'd love to work for their marketing team. It's my favorite company. Um, I also am very interested in interior design and decorating. Um, So owning my own renovation company for homes. Uh, Obviously, I probably wouldn't be so great at breaking down any walls, but I'd love to decorate the inside. I like seeing um, different pieces of the puzzle come together. So those are my two really big dreams. Tall. Um, so I really want to work at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. I actually have a job there. Um, but in like five years, I want to be high up the ladder and have a leadership position within one of the departments there. 
Okay, so let's talk about this. I'm going to break it down for both of you. So houses and Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, actually, that was pretty awesome. I just came up with something. (laughs) Well, there's no Whole Foods in Milledgeville, is there? No, there is not a Whole Foods. I wish. So let's talk about your marketing major. So why not? Why do you think Whole Foods? Is Is it that we need to educate the population on being better eaters? I'm going down a tangent, but I'm just curious. <laughs> um, the demographics in Milledgeville just would not be able to support a an expensive food chain. Um, and, you know, it would not be a smart marketing move for there to be a Whole Foods here, unfortunately. I really feel like some of the only customers would come either from the Lake Sinclair area or, you know, maybe some um, wealthier college students. But... Uh, I mean, even currently, I really can't afford to be shopping at Whole Foods, but I do love the store. I love even just walking in there. It's kind of relaxing for me because I, I love the, the color scheme and I just love food in general. So working in a health food store, or working with a health food store, is just it just sounds like such a, a peaceful and enjoyable environment. And then the houses, where is that? Do you see this, <laughs> the 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 remodels on TV. Is that something you do and see it? They do one in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. So I, I even found out that that was a business from fixer upper, which I guess I was just naive or ignorant. I'm not sure, but, um, I love fixer upper. I think everybody, pretty much everybody does, but, um, some family members actually own a renovation company, started it, uh, he started it himself. His name's Patrick Walsh. He owns uh, Walsh Renovation Company in Alpharetta. And his wife, Jenny, is the decorator. She does all the interior decorations and designs. And they're such a great team. And I get to see, I love to see the before and after photos that they do uh, together. And so that really inspired me. But, you know, it's actually a possibility for me if I want to do that. I love that. And I think it's important because you have two dreams there. So I I think they're important. And I'm going to talk about it, but I'm going to ask a tall question. So why children? Is it is it that you want to help out the organization? I think you said Children's Hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Yeah. So tell me why, what attracted you to that in healthcare and helping kids? and. Yeah. Um, so I'm really involved on campus with Georgia College Miracle. And so we're an organization that raises money and awareness for our local children's hospital in Macon. And since I'm from the Alpharetta area, our local Miracle Hospital is Children's Health Care of Atlanta. And I'm planning on moving back home after I graduate. And working with Miracle over the past three years has really shown me that I really want to, like, give back to people. I want a job where my goal isn't just to make money. I want to make a difference in someone's life. And these kids hearing their stories has really like touched me. And that's what I want to spend my life doing. And so I want to work in the hospital in their foundation, which is the like uh, part that raises money for the hospital. And so right on marketing. So I have a a question. So tell me more about, I see you're wearing the sweatshirt for Mm -hmm. Georgia College Miracle. And so tell me more about that and what they do on campus and and how you got involved and it just didn't happen. So how did they recruit you? They obviously marketed to you guys on campus and drew you in. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I first heard about Miracle my freshman year. I actually didn't hear about it at all till the day of our big event, Dance Marathon. 
and I saw it on everyone's Snapchats, and I was like, what is this event? I didn't get the memo about it, and then someone told me about it, and so the next year, I joined it, um, and I've just been a part of it ever since, so we have different events throughout the year that the purpose of it is to raise money for the hospital, and our big event is Dance Marathon. It's actually this Saturday, so I'm really excited, um, and we it's a 12-hour event where we stand the entire time and learn different dances throughout the day and our miracle families come and share their stories like of their experience from the hospital and it's really awesome to see them like out of the hospital and being normal kids they just get to play and dance all day and we get to hear their stories and it's really cool to like we raise so much money and sometimes it's hard to know where that money's going. It just seems like a number. And having those parents come on stage and be like, our son's life was saved with this machine. The machine was bought with money from people like you is what really put it into perspective for me. I think that's amazing. So they so how did so they just marketed you guys find out about it as freshmen and mm-hmm. do a lot of people participate in the events on campus? Yeah, we have over eight hundred people registered. In our campus, how many people do we have? Like we have over three thousand students in undergrad and I would say pretty much the entire campus knows about what Georgia College Miracle is. And last year I don't. I hope I'm not <laughs> misquoting, but uh, last year they raised over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right? they raised two hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars. Holy crap! Yeah, that's a lot of money in one year. Eight like the eight hundred people that joined and, and our sponsors. And we're, I mean, we're a relatively small college, mm-hmm. you know. So for our whole campus, kind of rallies behind everyone that's part of Miracle and, and loves to donate. Yeah. It's really cool. And to so, how many support. families does it help? Because, I mean, part of this podcast, we talk a lot about the give back. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole reason I'm doing the podcast is to give back for my success to help other entrepreneurs. But I also like talking about donations and, yeah. you know, nonprofits. So, like, it just as a college group of students to raise $250,000, it's even with 800 of you, it's almost like the bees, yeah. you know, making the honey. So I get it. There's a lot of you working, but... It isn't a small number or accomplishment. So how many families does that help? Yeah, so it helps. Online, it says that there are 42,000 patients that were treated at the hospital last year. And actually, this year, we hit our $1 million mark. So Georgia College Miracle has been on campus for 14 years. And this year, we hit a $1 million raised. And back in, I want to say February, the hospital named one of the activity rooms after us. So it's now called the Georgia College Miracle Activity Room. And they said it was really fitting because our events that we have give the chance, give the kids a chance to like escape from what's going on and just be kids and play. And it's really fitting that an activity room, a, a physical place they can go in the hospital to get away from needles and doctors and like scary medical terms and just be kids. Oh gosh, I hate needles. So yeah, I me get too. That totally. When so, I told my dad that I want to work at the hospital, he was like, you're the last person I would have thought that wanted it because I'm terrified of medical stuff. So I'm going to brainstorm here just because mm-hmm. I love brainstorming and I'm a very creative person. At least Let's I think it. so. Pat myself on the back. And, um, <laughs> but so 
kids have to come from all over Georgia, right, to this hospital, mm-hmm. right? So they have to come and their families have to stay somewhere. Mm-hmm. So where do they stay? I mean, do they have hotels and things like that? Yeah, or so- do they need houses that are renovated? So you see where I'm going with this. There's mm-hmm. a possible synergy here between what you do, raising mm-hmm. money, and what you want to do in renovating houses to oh, help families. True. Yeah. So in Georgia, there's actually, I believe two miracle hospitals if i'm not mistaken so the children's Healthcare of atlanta the one that i'm going to work at and then beverly knight olson children's hospital in macon and so the patients in south and middle georgia are the ones that come to our hospital and then the people that are closer to the atlanta one go there um but that is a big factor a lot of people have to travel really far and the hospital used to not be able to accommodate certain conditions and not be they didn't have the services available which is why this money is so important to help make these services available so now it is an emergency pediatric center whereas it used to not be so people from this area would have to drive two hours every time so i'm giving you your way up the the ladder potentially which is how do you provide homes and people to stay there longer while their child is getting these services because i think i've done it done things overseas during my mba and one of the things is like people getting eye surgery in turkey were going from all over europe to go to those hospitals and they would provide what they would call vacations. They were like medical medications or medical vacations, but they called it that to put a lighter side on it because the whole, they allowed the whole family to come have these major eye procedures done that they couldn't get done in their own countries. So they would provide them with housing and apartments and things like that. So I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know what everyone does, just an idea. And you have a good partner here in CAD. You guys did a great job and you market well together and work together. It doesn't mean it needs to stop now. So sometimes things and people come into our lives and opportunities. So what you're doing is amazing. And I think the two of you work very well together. It was very known when in your presentation, it was very known. You were the only ones I could figure out how to work the clicker, by the way. (laughs) And I did notice. So there was that. Turn it on. (laughs) Well, there you go. So, you know, solving a problem under pressure, you did well. No one else was able to do that. And so I really like what you're doing with the, the children and, I just encourage you guys to talk to each other more. You guys are a good team, and good teams are hard to come by. I've been a lot of team members, and Deborah's probably the best teammate I've ever had. And, and I was an athlete and played a lot of soccer, and I've been in fraternities, and I've worked for a lot of companies and started a lot of businesses and done a lot of things. But when you find someone that meshes well, and, and I really, and I look for this in people, you know, people that work well together. What, what kind of partnerships do, do we invest in to, to make good businesses? You guys, you know, I would stay in touch seriously. So, and see where that goes. Um, okay. So let's, let's go full circle. Um, you know, what, I'm going a little bit of a different direction because you really threw me for a curve. <laughs> I, like I'm blown away. So. Up until $251,000, you had only raised seven hundred and forty dollars or $50,000 until that point. So you basically, in one year, raised as much as the 13 years prior. Yeah. So was there a difference in the marketing 
this year as you went on and raised money than the years prior to it? So I think last year what happened was there was more awareness on campus. People used to not know what it was. There wasn't that many people involved. And now we release videos. Do you see the videos often? Mm -hmm. Because I'm on the exec board, so I see the videos all the time. But we release a lot of PR videos, our social media. We post on it at least once a day, if not multiple times. And the people involved, I think, are more passionate than ever. And they share that with other people, which makes more people get involved. And it's just kind of like a chain reaction to get so many people here. And I would just like to make a note that they have a, an ingenious marketing ploy that they use. So um, they often pitch their executive team members against each other um, for like one That's day they, or yes, a day or a week. And they try and ra- outraise, um, outraise each other. And there's great incentives behind it for donating because I had the option to either donate to Tall or donate to her friend Julia, and if Tall raised enough money, then Julia would have to get a lip tattoo. But if Julia raised more money, then Tall had to ride her tricycle to campus with a helmet of Julia's choosing. So not only are they... And I lost. She did. So not only are they raising money this way... So I went to Walmart, funny story, I went to Walmart and bought a tricycle. $40. And I had a project due, so I was working on it. And Julia put together the tricycle. And she misplaced something. And essentially, we have one part of the tricycle that's like where you sit down with two back wheels. And then we have a part with the handlebars and the front wheel. And we can't connect them because she closed it. So I have a tricycle not put together. I haven't ridden it yet, but we're going to figure it out and try to make it work. So you still got to ride to campus. With she the does. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean weeks. to interrupt, but no, I'm just fine. curious. But what I think is so interesting about this is not only are they um, raising money through the, the, the competitive aspect, but they're also raising awareness by it. People are, hundreds of people are going to see Tall riding her tricycle across <laughs> campus and wonder what's that about and if she has some sort of sign or something like that or people are just coming up and asking her what's this for she's getting all that giving all that marketing to Georgia College Miracle mm-hmm. yeah you guys have a pretty good it, there's the chemistry there um, in your business and the way you play off each other like I really I can't stop focusing on it because yes the two of you and the way you play off each other and the marketing ideas that come from one another it's not like it takes uh, usually it takes tens of years before people can partner together and play off each other like you guys are so you know, I read people pretty well. It's how I've done so well. Um, but I really, if the audience could see it, I think they may even notice it on the microphone. Because even the way you play off just talking to each other, you could actually have your own podcast probably. Oh, the dude, two of you. let's do it. So you fun. could do it on marketing Goals. or campus or whatever. Anything you want. But seriously, there's. I, I think you guys are great. And um, gosh, I'm all distracted. So let's talk about... Uh, Okay, we've talked about... I, I want to keep talking about it, but let's talk about something else in the, for a little bit. We can talk bit. about so, it later. She yeah. has some very interesting passions, so I can yeah, go. We're gonna, we're gonna, that's what this is about, is you guys. So, Kat, let's... 
talk about have you had summer jobs or, or you know, tell us about your work experience and, and what's gotten you here and you know, do you are you still looking for a job after you get out of school? I have just accepted a job. Woohoo, little dance. I've just accepted a job. I'm working with Fortune one hundred and fifty company Geico. Hopefully you've heard yeah. of them. Um, I'll be a part of their sales team starting mid June. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And I have had several like odd jobs, I'd say. So um, I used to be a nanny, and I was a nanny for about a year to two little girls, and then um, just kind of moved on from that, outgrew that a little bit. And I worked as a swim instructor, a private swim instructor, um, and I loved it. I worked just over the summers, and um, it was really interesting. It really is what got me started into uh, learning about customer service and sales because you're really trying to build your own brand in this company. You want people to want you as their as their kid's swim instructor. So I loved that. I loved meeting people. I loved building the relationships with the kids and the parents. And um, I'm still in contact with some of my swim families, even though I don't work there anymore. I've also had a job on campus. I had a job on campus at the Women's Center for a year, and I loved working there as well. I had an amazing boss. And then I had to leave that job because I just I was taking 21 hours of school last Whoa. semester at one time, which was insane. And uh, so I took the semester off, took this semester off, and now I'm graduating and have been full-time job searching up until now. Okay, so let's talk about the Women's Center. Sure. We, we, we know from the previous podcast that Georgia College is over 60% women. Mm-hmm. And so what is the, what does the Women's Center do and, and what were your roles there or, or things like that? Because I'm curious because as not being a woman, I don't know <laughs> what a Women's Center is. Right. So the Women's Center is actually, even though the name is just Women's Center, it's actually open to everyone. Um, and we, I was a programming assistant, so we create programming around um, what what is consent and how do we get people to engage in learning about consent in a way that's fun and active and you know not so preachy and um we would also we have all these different kinds of um we have brave training which is where you learn about how to be um an active bystander or be an active um i guess uh an active player in in a in a scenario instead of just being a bystander. So if you see something happening, you're learning how to step in and um, help people seek help. And it, I loved working on the Women's Center. I got to do so many different uh, leaders. I got so much leadership experience from these different workshops we would host. And again, they're all just about educating the campus. Um, we have a, a big. Our biggest event is the Clothesline Project. I was just going to mention that. We put it on front campus, and it's uh, women come out, and they can paint a shirt that's about their um, experience with sexual harassment, rape, things like that, which it's it's extremely moving. And then all these shirts are hung up all over front campus on clotheslines, and you have to walk through them to get to campus. So you're, people are looking at it. It's like a p- giant piece of art. Mm-hmm. And there's big tables out, so you can come up and make your own if you feel the need. And that was such an incredible experience. I loved working at the Women's Center. 
Okay, so let's. I really want to dive into this because we don't talk about it on any other podcast, but I think it's an important topic in the mm-hmm. give back. Also, is the whole thing of consent. Yes. And being in a family that has all women and and two stepdaughters, I think it's really important. And um, so let's talk about this in, in detail, if you guys don't mind, as women sharing. Sure. And because I think it's important for the audience and anyone around the world that's listening on the standards that we set and what's acceptable or not. And I don't know if it's still the same, but I do know that when I was in college, the amount of actual rape or unconsented sex far outweighed the amount that was reported and uh, I don't offend you guys by using the word sex I hope but (laughs) so we're just going to call it what it is and but it was something like one out of every 15 was actually reported it was an astronomical number that blew me away about how afraid women were to come forward to talk about it and I say women because it's less likely that it's a male that right. happens to it does mm-hmm. happen, but it does, you know, in you, in order to deal with the problem, you got to focus on where the majority of it lies, at least initially, and then worry about the smaller part to okay. chop off later. And so talk to me about how you educate on campus. How do you make people more aware and how do people become less of a bystander? And I want to talk about this, especially because, um, Deborah and I were visiting uh, my stepdaughter, Deborah's daughter, at campus, and we did see an incident that was peculiar mm. on campus as adults and as parents. And um, thank God other people saw it, and we saw a guy and a girl do the right thing Great. Uh, with these two guys that were bringing a girl back. And they did the right thing, and they got an RA, and then they caught an ambulance and, and everything else and they were obviously drinking you those midday and well intoxicated and you know so I think they did the right thing but you know that's hindsight and, and it seems to be taken care of but you know that's just me going to visit a college on a random weekend to mm-hmm. visit my stepdaughter so you know I should just call her my daughter sorry Maddie my daughter Maddie <laughs> and um but it's you know but it occurs and it's it's a scary thing as a male having daughters which blows my mind because all the males that do these things they're you know karma's going to come back and give them a daughter and 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 things like that so it blows me away that people actually do it and aren't more respectful of women but i'm going to let you talk i just talk because it is something that i feel is so wrong and in so many ways just my whole life and, and all of that and and being respectful and, you know, in relationships and everything else. So tell me more about it, please. Right. So it's so important. First of all, education is so important from at home. So I'm happy to hear that you're, you know, you're raising daughters, of course, but you're teaching them, okay, this is what consent looks like. And, um, you know, never be afraid to say no, never be afraid to say that you're uncomfortable and leave the situation. Um, but what we like to do is educate everyone. So, we have something called MARS, Men Against Rape and Sexual Assault on Campus. It's actually led by men, and they're kind of like a community group that reaches out to other, um, like the fraternities, fraternities at Georgia College and stuff like that to do educational courses. And they come in and speak at their chapter meetings and tell them, um, you know, like five helpful tips for understanding consent and stuff like that. We also have a 24-7 victim advocate on campus. Um, she's not on campus 24-7, but she always has her phone on and uh, she's a paid professional 
She works for Georgia College at the Women's Center, and she will come in and just either talk to you. She's not going to force you to report anything or anything like that. She just wants to kind of walk you through the steps if anything has happened. And working at the Women's Center opened my eyes to how extremely common it actually is. I had no idea how many people um, are affected every year. And uh, I think it's the bystander training. Again, we do this with pretty much every organization on on campus, Project Brave. Um, We have safe sisters that are in every sorority that are trained um, on how to speak up and who to reach out to so you know exactly the resources that are available. Um, But it's really important when we're talking about being a bystander. A lot of that comes from just fear of intervening and putting yourself in a situation that's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, But there's nothing wrong. I would never be offended if somebody came up to me and said, hey, just want to make sure you're okay. Is this the person that you want to be leaving with right now? If they can't respond to you or if they're saying no or they're giving you any kind of body signal, remove them from the situation, get them in private, and use your common sense on on where to go from there. Um, Going off that, so I'm really thankful that I'm surrounded by people who are such a good support system. Mm -hmm. So my sorority actually has something in place. I learned it my very first semester as a freshman, and we continue to teach people. We have something called Charlie, and if we're out in public or anywhere and you see a sister in a situation that you don't know she's comfortable in you go up to her and say hey have you seen charlie i'm looking for him and that is a key word to get someone out of a situation so if let's say i'm with someone and i'm uncomfortable i can call my friend over and be like hey can we please go find charlie and without anyone knowing she knows automatically that i need to get out of a situation Mm -hmm. and we use that all the time i think that's a great system and actually the the Mars, I believe it was, the male advocate. I think that's hugely important because males being once one, especially at that age, and we talked about our brains not developing until we're 25, but <laughs> it's a real thing. We make bad decisions, particularly around peers. Right. And so having other males to put that peer pressure on them to do the right thing, Hold I think is important. Mm-hmm. Hold you accountable. Because accountability and holding ourselves accountable, but also having other peers hold us accountable is so important because peers can push things in the wrong way and a lot of regrets and things like that. And I like the action of the sorority. So I didn't mean to talk about this, but I think the two of you talking about this, I really like it. And I'm, I'm just going to keep letting the conversation go where it goes because it is something in the give back that we've never really talked about on the podcast, but it is affects every college campus, so it affects every student body. It you know it's something that happens, and it's an unfortunate unfortunate thing that that lives with someone for the rest of their lives. And so, you know, I just I think it's important, and the way the two of you just talked about it, I think is important too. I think that the way sororities have it in place, I didn't have that, and we didn't have fraternities advocating from it and I can tell you I know what happened on my campus I know people that it happened to you know and I'm sure I knew people that got away with it that I didn't even know they had done it in the first place so it's like one of those things that you know how do you empower people to speak up and become more active in what they're doing you know how do they do it and uh, Deborah just walked in, so we're at her end of the conversation. Deborah, you're you're going to be blown away by our conversation. But <laughs> so we're talking about um, 
you know, rape on campus. And, uh, well, we're talking about the marketing side and how do we market it so people don't do it and, or if it does happen, where's their support system to do it? And, uh, first I'll let Deborah say hello into the microphone so I can check her sound. And, um, and adjust the mic. Say hello one more time. Hello. There we go. And so, okay, so you're both women on campus. Do you feel that since you've been a freshman that it's been effective? And even a better question, since you've been a freshman, has has it improved the marketing? Because it is about the marketing and getting people to understand it and communicate the message. So, Kat, tell us more about how you feel about it. And you got a chance to work there, and now you're right. graduated. Do you feel that you've left, been able to leave the campus with people having a better understanding of the future generation being, I don't want to say, it's hard to say more protected because new generations come in, so it's hard to continue a message, but more knowledgeable and more protected and able to pass on the message? I definitely feel that way. I had... I've been able to tell so many people about the Women's Center and the Hub and the resources that are available there. And the amount of people that said, I had no idea that we had the um, uh, the resources that we do. I had no idea that there was a 24-7 advocate on campus. I didn't know that there was a, a Mars Club that I could join and stuff like that. Um, and I think that the programs that we do are so important, but it's also so important to reach as many people as possible so that they can reach as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And if your friends start talking about something and your friends are interested in joining something, you're more likely to ask questions and say, oh, what is that? Uh, when are the meetings? When can I go? Um, or they're more likely to just kind of tell you about it without you asking, and that we love that too. So... I definitely feel like I've made I've helped make an impact in in increasing awareness on campus about what we what we offer at the Women's Center and I I think that I hope that it continues to grow and I, and I know it will with the my boss who's leading the leading the team she really knows what she's doing and she's working she works night and day um, to make sure that people are feeling protected and comfortable on campus. Yeah, and you talked about renovating houses, and I know we talked about the hospital for kids and the medical vacation and just ideas, but there's also opportunity there for safe housing for people all, just not only in schools, but in cities that go through abusive situations or rape situations or things, particularly in domestic environments, that need a safe place to go and and doing things like that. So I see you guys have caring hearts. That's where I'm like, I can take your Mm -hmm. dreams, and I'm like... There's things there and so many possibilities that I'm not telling you what to do, obviously. I'm just throwing out seeds, and it's up to you if you want to plant them. But I just think what you guys both do, again, I go back to this on the other podcast. I'm like, did Renee pick you guys out of hat? And then someone's (laughs) like, there's an algorithm based off a GPA and this, that, and the other thing. Although I'm like, I've now done three, all three teams, and I'm like, there's more. It's got to be more than that. She really knows what she's doing because the two of you have similar passions and similar hearts and mind, and and yet differences that work well together. Um, that really shows. Um, so 
Okay, let's go back to educating the sororities and fraternities because sure. I hope that when you guys pass on this episode, I want to get your messages out there. You know, we talked about the Georgia College Miracle. And, you know, so future generations, I want to promote this podcast, people, more donation, 250 is the best oh, year God, ever. Please donate to me. Dance with <laughs> on a Saturday. I need to hit my goal. <laughs> and so, but I'm serious. I want you to pass it on. I want you to be able to take this episode and tell people the next generation. And I also want you to, to tell people. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys as much time as you need each. And I want you to pitch what you oh. want to leave behind. Because before we pitched businesses and the other ones. And so this one, I actually think we're going to pitch something like great and that you're leaving behind. So I'm going to go with tall first. And I want you to pitch Georgia College Miracle. You're leaving it behind after four years of college and, and being a passion of yours and all the money you guys raised to help kids in hospitals. So go as long as you want. But tell us about it in a nutshell. So future college students hear this episode they can pass it on you can pass it on to your friends but really what is it you're hoping to leave behind and what do you love about it and you can be repetitive from earlier okay cool so, um so georgia so i can't be repetitive yeah um so georgia college miracle is an organization and we raise money and awareness for our local children's hospital so georgia college miracle our hospital is in macon it's the beverly knight olson children's hospital and it actually just opened up as the area's only emergency pediatric center which is such a big deal um in february we actually hit one million dollars raised over the past 14 years and so with the new building of the hospital they also named an activity room after us and that was really amazing because the whole point of Georgia College Miracle, we have a big event called Dance Marathon, and it's a 12-hour event where we stand the entire time, and we dance, and we play games, and we just have fun for 12 hours, and the kids are there, and it gives them a chance to just be kids, and not have to worry about doctors, needles, uh, blood count numbers, like all that stuff. They don't have to worry about it, and they just get to enjoy being a kid and play with us, and that's really fitting that the hospital named an activity room after us, because that's a physical place the kids can go in the hospital to get away from all that stuff just like dance marathon the activity room they just get to play and we're really thankful the hospital allows us to come every friday afternoon to the activity room and play with the patients that are there so i've gone on a few hospital visits throughout the year and tours and the kids there are absolutely amazing and it's really heartbreaking what they have to go through especially like having adults in my life going through cancer currently i can't imagine what these kids are going through without giving too much information away one of our miracle kids um has leukemia and so he has a port for chemo and his mom was telling us that he has ptsd from that he's only four years old he has no idea what's going on why this is happening to him and so our money goes towards kids like this helping them and giving them resources to help so actually one thing so after i graduate i'm going to work at the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center 
um, the foundation team. And what Aflac actually has, it's brand new. One of uh, UGA Miracle's kids actually was one of the first people to get it. It's a duck, just like Aflac has, <laughs> but it has all these medical features. So the kid, when they have a cancer port, their duck has one too, and they can show the procedure happening ahead of time. So they can see that their pet is okay and that they're going to be okay too. And so I guess it's really sweet, right? It's like, sweet. so bring it down to their level and things they can understand. I exactly. love it. And so I guess one thing that I want to pass on is that sometimes it feels like one person can't make a difference, but you really can. Um, do you mind if I pull up my phone and read something? From yeah, it? go ahead. Okay? Yeah, you're, we're good. We'll pause. <laughs> I um, wrote something, one of the Facebook posts I was making, and I think it's really fitting to read it. Um, give me one second, sorry. No, take time. I guarantee someone's driving in their car right now, <laughs> listening to the podcast, waiting for it to come along, so I can keep people entertained with my talking while you look it up. Perfect. <laughs> And so, like, going based off, like, feeling like one person can't make a difference. um, So what is the Facebook page, just since you're looking it up so people can find it? Yes. So the Facebook page is Georgia College Miracle. And on Instagram, we're Georgia College Miracle. And go donate to my page. (laughs) Did you guys do fundraisers on campus? We're at, like, I swear, I think we donated money. Like someone had something set up at, like, uh, Yoko Loco or something, maybe? Probably. Um, I know. Yeah. Is the Georgia College Miracle? I know that one of the business ethics class yep. on campus, they're doing the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Oh, that is what And they're right. raising money for them. I, I had that two semesters ago. Good memory. Ago. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> We've gone for breakfast. Yeah, we donated money to that. I remember and posted on Instagram and stuff like that. But I will. we will follow you. I encourage everyone to follow you. So say it one more time what the Instagram and Facebook is. So it's Georgia College Miracle. Okay. Um, And so one thing I wrote was, it's shown me what the power of one can do. One moment can change someone's attitude. One person can impact someone's life. One campus, one cause, one organization can influence a movement. This all happened for me. When I came to college, I thought that I was going to graduate with a marketing degree and go work in real estate. But here I am about to graduate, going to work at a children's hospital. Uh, you guys are both superstars. I, I don't think you know it yet, but I think Renee knew it, but I think <laughs> she's probably going to be like, you can't say that about my students. I'm supposed to be neutral, but <laughs> I just, that's uh that's pretty amazing. And you get to post stuff on social media. So you're getting practice at marketing all the time. Yes. So my, my question, and then I want to get it to Kat, but how, if I'm a student coming into Georgia College and I'm a new student, how do I get involved in your organization? Yeah, so over the summer, there's something called Bobcat Marketplace, which all the organizations on campus come to the freshman orientations. And so it gives the organizations an opportunity to talk to new students. And so we always go there. We go to freshman seminars and we're just tabling on campus all the time and reaching out. So in my sorority, I am I was the new member assistant. And so at every new member meeting, I would just kind of shout out Miracle and encourage them to join. And I think that the biggest thing that people join for is the passion. If you're like, hey, join this, you have to raise $55, no one's going to do that. But if you say, hey, come help me help kids, people are going to love that. 
Okay. And watch Thank it you. Again. And I, I'm going to say something, but I'm going to wait until she's done because it'll apply to both of you. Cat, <laughs> you're okay. Back to the okay. same thing. You're leaving campus. You want to give and make sure people keep doing something that you're passionate about in the women's center. So pass it on and, and market it to the next generation. Right. So the women's center, what we really do is um, we protect. Uh, the victims doesn't have to be women, but victims of domestic violence, rape, sexual assault, and we also promote sexual health and wellness. Um, and we provide so many different resources, like I've mentioned several times, our 24/7 advocate counseling services, um, connections to uh, Title IX, and we work with the police department, um, the both the Georgia College Police Department and the Milledgeville Local Police Department. Um, and if you're interested in the Women's Center or you're curious about it at all, I really encourage you to just stop by, um, talk to someone, talk to the person at the front desk, pick up some pamphlets, see what we're all about. Um, but I think one of the main lessons that uh, the Women's Center really tries to get out to students is be curious, be involved, and be responsible for people that are not yourself. If you feel like someone is in a situation that if you were in that situation, you would want somebody to reach out to you and rescue you. Be that person for someone. Be curious about what's going on. Ask questions. There's no harm in just saying, hey, are you okay? Everything good? Is this the right person? Um, or, you know, can I call you a cab? Can I call you an Uber? Um, can, I, can I walk you home personally? Don't be selfish with your time. I know that we all get caught up in the things that we're doing by ourselves and, you know, we have places to be all the time. We constantly have to be busy and moving. Um, but care about the people around you. I strongly feel that we're all brothers and sisters, so why not protect somebody that's your neighbor? Yeah, and just going based off that, um, when I don't know what Georgia College does to train. I don't know if this is you guys or if this was just this one person, but we have something on campus called SNAP, which is Student Night Auxiliary Patrol. And basically, they just drive little golf carts around campus. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, yes. and they give people rides. So if you're in the library and you feel uncomfortable walking back to your dorms, they will pick you up and take you home. A lot of people use this to get home after a night of going out. So one time, I was waiting for a SNAP to take me back to my house, and it was a male driver, and there was a girl in front of me waiting to get on, and there was a guy next to her. We all assumed it was her boyfriend and she looked like she was really mad at him and he was trying to get her attention and when the golf cart pulled up with the guy they both got on it and you could tell that she was like really angry at him and the snap driver turned around looked at her and said does he is he coming home with you he does not have to she was like he like the guy was like do you know him does he, he doesn't have to go with you like I can like leave him and just take you he like intervened whereas other people would just assume oh that's her boyfriend they were in a fight turns out they were but for him to intervene and step in I don't know if that was the women's center going and teaching the staff or Georgia College but or if just that's the way that his parents raised him but props to that snap driver so we talked about snap so Kat I want to go over it again so let's talk about Mars and I can't yes. remember what the other one was called Brave yes let's talk about both they of them one more time in, during recruitment they yep. do Project Brave mm -hmm. so 
Project Brave reaches out to pretty much every organization organization on campus um, and campus jobs. So if you're working for the school, you uh, typically have to get trained. Um, and what that training program looks like is just um, bystander training. That's what it's called. Finally, I remembered it. <laughs> bystander training. Um, and it just tells you how, like, different uh, scenarios of different situations and how you can step in and, and be of service to someone. Um it explains the cycle of domestic violence and typically so the cycle of domestic violence typically takes it can take up to two years to um for it to come out and so it just you know talks about how to leave a a situation or um different people that you can contact both on campus or just in your local community um or just call 911 things like that and um I love the training that they do. I think it's super important. And they also come back and do kind of a refresher course, uh, which is great. Sometimes people just forget after the first time or they zone out or something like that. So just a quick little refresher on, um, oh, yeah, that's that's what this number is or that's who I should call or this is a resource that we have. Um, and one thing I also love about Project Brave is that it kind of encompasses everything. So it talks about um, domestic violence again, rape, sexual assault, and also sexual health and um, the things that go along with that. And Mars is Men Against Rape and Sexual Assault. It's a club that we have on campus and it's run through the Women's Center. And they reach out to fraternities, um, different organizations on campus. They're constantly tabling. They're getting people to come up and talk to them and start the conversation of what it's like to um, be a man and hold yourself responsible and hold your peers responsible. And understanding that not only is a spoken no a no, but any kind of... um, body language that you're getting and how to read all these different signs as to is this a yes or is this a no because not only do you want to put the fe- like you don't want to put the female in that situation you also don't want to put yourself in that re- in that situation and you don't want to damage your own reputation right so just because i really if we i don't know how far this podcast will go so i want to just do this and you can say no or yes or whatever and i'll respect no obviously because that's we're done (laughs) but it's um if there's one thing that you think that and i want to talk about the domestic violence thing because we just talked about the cycle of it but i want to kind of name one thing so anyone that's in the audience that may have this situation going on what is the one thing that you could say this is definitely you're in a bad situation get out of it with without something the obvious like they're being assaulted or or accosted or whatever what is one thing that you think that many people don't understand that is domestic violence well there's so many different situations it's hard for me to just say you know speak on one or speak on behalf of anyone um but i think that it's really important to look out for Uh, someone that's isolating you. I think that that's something that we don't talk about enough is, um, you know, I I have a very close family member who's been a a victim of domestic violence. And one tactic they use is they manipulate you and isolate you from your family, your friends, stuff like that. So obviously if you're in that situation, it's extremely difficult and you're kind of, you're both blindsided and feel stuck. So what I want to do is talk to the friends of those people do not give up on them um stay in their life don't you know get frustrated at them because they're going back into this cycle of you know staying in the relationship or something like that be a friend be supportive um and you know 
try as hard as you can not to talk poorly about their significant other because then you're just further isolating them from you. They're not going to feel like they can reach out to you. So I think it's really important for family and friends to understand how to be compassionate towards this person and not make them feel further removed from you. And I love that you said that. And I think um, I wasn't wasn't even thinking that, but the fact that you said that and um, I think that's so important because the isolation thing is it's cutting out your support system. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the hardest thing for people. And if they don't have someone to reach out to, they don't have anything. And I also really like what you said, which is just being there for, for them, Yes, you know, because in the situation they're in, they can't be there for you. Right. But you can be there for them because you're not in the situation. And that's really giving is giving yourself to someone who can't give to you right now or doesn't have the ability to give, whether it's a child, like we talked about with Tal, or it's in a scenario of domestic violence. So this is one of our deeper podcasts and you guys have been very vulnerable and authentic. So like, I can't tell you how great it's been and you've really, truly told who you are by talking about what you're passionate about. And I even didn't even need to ask you guys the question. I can sense it. So let's talk about something a little more fun. Even well, though I, can I ask here. a quick question? Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry, I just wanted a clarity question. Sure. So in terms of this group that you have on campus and you mm-hmm. said it's 24 oh, seven, is yes. it for students only or is it for the general public as well? Um, Cause I, a lot of times resources are hard for people like, yes. You know, especially someone who's stuck in a situation, they might not know where to call or who to, but to know that these things exist, well, for one, on the Georgia College campus, but possibly on other college campuses, that's a great resource that's in so many cities. Yes, it's, it's, I'm so glad that this is something that we decided to implement. I wish we'd had it here sooner, but I'm so thankful that we have it now. Um, It's only marketed to staff and faculty and students, Um, but it is, if you find the number, it's online everywhere, so if you you find the number, please call it, or if if you're, you know, in the Milledgeville area and you're looking and you, you know, need a sign or something like that, this is it, call that phone number, you know, (laughs) so, um, and if you're not, I know a lot of your listeners are not typically from the Milledgeville area, but, um, you know, I would encourage anyone that's Uh, going through a situation that may be a little difficult there are so many resources out there you're not alone Um, just keep looking and you know try and you know sneak if you can't look on your computer or your phone because it's monitored go to the library and use a library computer Um, I would just encourage you to reach out and and find someone because there are so many resources out there I uh, I was going to change the topic but now that (laughs) no no we're good and um, you guys, do you have a class you have to be in? Or are you done for today? I do have a class at 5. At 5, okay. And it is, what time is it now? 3.50. Okay. Oh, we're fine. Okay. So I just want to make sure, like, I don't want to be responsible for you guys not graduating. <laughs> so, um, well, I think we're on a really big topic. And I think one of the topic is, is why, one is, it's obvious why we do it at college campuses, but... And it's there and it's resources and it's people learning to get out of the nest and learn to be on their own as, as adults and things like that. But again, I'm going to throw it out there and you two are, are both very intelligent and in marketing, but why don't we have this in cities? Why don't we have the golf cart in cities for people to walk home with? And, and you can't do it everywhere in rural areas, but why don't we, or why don't we have 
a Mars in every city that goes around to corporate America and teaches about sexual harassment and things like that. And why don't we have clubs and education when someone comes in and works for a business on these things? You know, it's something that I'm talking to you guys. I'm going to turn around and I think it needs to be part of our companies. We teach everyone on food and everything else. And when they're doing it and they come into the kitchens and production, but we don't teach them these things that I think are so important. We may talk about sexual harassment, but it doesn't get the focus that it needs as a company. So I thank you guys for opening up my eyes to that. And I thank you for opening up my eyes that, I mean, $250,000 as college students, that's an amazing number. I'll let you know what we raised Saturday. So yeah, (laughs) please do. And and I'll make sure I mention it on one of the Motivational Mondays because what you two are doing is truly motivational and you're going to school and you guys did something and were active and congratulations, you both have jobs when you graduate. So that's amazing. (laughs) So... It's not easy. We um, actually got our jobs within, within 24 hours of each other. Really? Yeah. It was like one day I came and I was like, I got the job. And the next day we met again. She was like, I got the job. <laughs> Fun celebration. I mean, yes. you, there's, I'm serious. You guys should consider, you know, long, do go out and do your thing. But I would stay in touch. I think you guys Come do have a, a business thing. <laughs> and I will support it and, and things like that. And I'll quick tell you. I told the other group, and you guys heard the first day, I I will mentor you guys forever. Um, you guys, I'm not going to offer it to every class I do it. You're the first <laughs> one here at Georgia College, and so you're special. And, you know, I will mentor other people for sure, but I'm going to offer it to you guys. I'm here. Um, if you ever wanted to start a marketing agency or business together, I would. we would be interested in helping you guys out for sure. Thank you. And um, so there's that because I'm very interested and I love what you guys are doing. I love to give back. I love who both of you are as people and confident in yourselves and know where you are and, and things like that. And you may have doubts about yourself, but I can see your potential already in each of you. So that's pretty amazing. And, um, and I'm glad you guys have taken the time to get to know us and us, you, and this has really been worth our time. So there's that. I will always mentor. I'll ask you for your personal email addresses and your cell phones, and please reach out to me anytime you can. I told the other groups this, so I want to tell you to text me if you worried about me being available. Otherwise, pick up the phone and call me. I'm here, you know, and I'll keep, we'll give Deborah's information as well. We're, we we're give back. We, we've had a lot of success and a lot of benefits in our life, and we don't only want to give to nonprofits. We want to help the next generation come be entrepreneurs and business people. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, you need help at work or career decisions or whatever, or something you don't have anyone to talk to about that is safe because everyone's opinion is biased. I can guarantee you Deborah and I's opinion is not biased. So, um, when it not comes to you guys, what it is, no. <laughs> um, but seriously, take us up on it. So, and the other thing I'll do is even though you both already have jobs, I will e- write you a personal letter of recommendation. We'll update it any time, but that's part of the reason we did the podcast is so you, we got to know you guys so we could write about you guys. And then you can always use our phone number and our email for a reference if you ever need one. Thank you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Very generous. Yeah. So let's talk about a fun topic. Love it. Okay. So (laughs) not like the other ones, not 
I wouldn't say it's fun, it's important, but this one's a little more fun for marketing. Let's talk about the elevator pitch competition that we heard about earlier and, and how that works and how you guys have become such great speakers and presenters. So if you're in the College of Business, you have to participate in the elevator pitch. It's hosted by Geico, actually. Um, where Kat's working? Where I will be Oh, working. I see. Now I got the connection on <laughs> yeah. the job. Okay. Um, so I actually did it for the first time my sophomore year. And let me just give you a little basis of the background. So the idea is you're stuck in an elevator with the CEO of your company or somebody that has the potential to give you a promotion. And you have 60 seconds to pitch yourself and why they should give you that promotion. Mm-hmm. So the way it runs, there's two rounds. The first round, everyone has to participate. Every single person. <laughs> and you go into this room. There's three or four judges. They start the timer and you go. And then they stop the timer when you're done and you leave the room. They say no words. It's just in and out. And um, depending on your score, you then go on to the second round. But there's only 20 people that make it to the second round. They're like the top 20 finalists. Mm-hmm. So. And so I think this year you had to have a score of 98.6. Mm-hmm. And Kat made it in the top 20. I did. I wow. made it my sophomore year and I've made it this year as well. And I didn't participate last year. Um, but it's really such an honor. It's the top 5% of business school students um, when you total it all together. So woohoo, bragging myself. <laughs> Might as well, right? Right. And I really hadn't thought about Geico until this year, and they kind of just, I just saw their advertising everywhere, and a couple girls came in and spoke to our class that uh, had gone through a couple programs that they offer, and then I met a recruiter, and then it was just kind of history from there, so... That's awesome. And so... It's actually hosted by Dr. Fontenot as well. She created it and brought it to our school. Yeah, she runs the entire thing. Well, she's a guru, apparently. She's incredible. Academic guru. And she's she's got tentacles everywhere. She used to actually host her own radio show. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. told us about it after you guys left. Um, and how they she changed the name. Yeah, so when we when we had the idea to change the name, we were like, oh, Lord, this could go <laughs> real good and real bad. And so we went in and sat with her, and she encouraged us to include it in our presentation because she said she gave us her personal experience with her show, and she was like, you know, you're not there to just boost their egos. You're there to actually do the work for them and tell them ideas that you genuinely think are going to improve the their their podcast. And so we are like... All right. All right. Saddle up. Here we go. It took courage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's impressive just because you had the courage to stand behind it, like, and put it out there for sure. So in case the audience doesn't know, one of the things they presented on today was just calling it the food entrepreneurs and getting rid of just hosted the by but hosted by, but yeah, hosted you, had, by yeah. hosted by you were still so, on there no i know i know i know <laughs> i mean my ego is still recovering a little bit so take it easy <laughs> over but i thought it made a lot of sense it made like your search is easier and whatnot i mean i got the point completely i know deborah's always like well it is justin it is your podcast and so it might I tease, it might help a lot of times i can't be on he's like oh we did this and i'm like kind of but i also you know like I, if we divide and conquer, he comes to do the podcast and I go the other I try to convince so. Deborah to do the intros and work on it and host it on her own sometimes. But I, I did a couple times because Yeah, there have been sick. times where I got I got strep and the flu all at the same oh, time. Oh, my God. And uh, right <laughs> in the middle of the stress of beginning a podcast, let me tell you, or it's true of any business. But uh, Deborah had a rock solo for like three episodes. I did it. You I did, did it. it. I did. 
Um, <laughs> okay, so we're on the Georgia State Hospital campus. Have you guys been here before? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, the first honest group maybe because all the ones <laughs> no. like, no, we've not been here very much. Well, one so. said they looked in the window. They looked in the yes. window. So okay, I'm not being I I'm not being totally honest. <laughs> I haven't been inside the buildings. We just drive around the campus. <laughs> oh. Well, okay, then I guess I haven't been inside any of the buildings either. But um, my sorority actually hosts a 5K here every year um, around really cool. Halloween. It's called the Thriller 5K, and we dress up as zombies, and people have the little uh, capture the flag, the belts. Right. So the zombies chase the runners and try and get their belts. And if you have any left, you're entered into a raffle. So I'm here. About At the end of the 5K? Mm-hmm. That and who are like the zombies? Fun. Uh, you can either sign up to be a zombie, and all the pretty much all the sorority women, women are um, zombies. I ran it just because I'd done zombie for three years, but we actually had, um, you know the show The Walking Dead? Yeah. Right. We had uh, their special effects makeup artists come and do makeup a couple of years ago, which was I didn't know how that, that happened. So and cool. then they taught our members how to do it, and so now we teach... Um, the new members coming in how to do it every year. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to tie it in. It's because the opening of The Walking Dead and some of the episodes were actually filmed here they on campus. Here. No. Yeah. 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 I love The Walking Dead. I, I love The Walking Dead, too. It's it was my filmed favorite. here. I know. Cool. And De- Deborah, we just, we've, I've, I tricked Deborah. She's like, I will never watch anything related to Marvel. So we just watched The Punisher and I didn't Love tell it. it was Marvel. So we just it? went through no. it. Oh, you should but watch the it. guy, Jonathan, I can't remember the actor's name, John, but he's in the first two seasons. He's the one with, um, oh my gosh, Andrew is the actor's name, but who's the sheriff? Oh, um, the the main guy. The main guy. Like I can't the remember. dad. The dad, right? yeah. The it's one been a hot minute since I've watched it. I know that new, I haven't watched, I've got two seasons to catch up on but anyway so he's in the mar he plays the punisher and he started off in um walking dead the first two seasons where i first saw him so he gets killed in it but i hear he's back in the newest seasons of the walking dead he somehow survived spoilers spoiler (laughs) you didn't even get any forewarning so they could cover their ears he's not very good at keeping secrets (laughs) i accidentally spoiled what happens in a star is born to one of my friends oh it was really bad we love that movie that's a great movie i know i cried the whole time well and her voice makes me cry incredible and it's like based on like her real experience Right. My, that movie moved me. I was in a odd mood for the next like week after watching that movie. I feel like oh, if you if you haven't seen it, listeners, you really need to go see it. Just a little plug for this movie. It was so good, so good. After I watched it, I couldn't stop crying. My friends were like, "All right, tall series, like, are you alright? Like, what's going on?" They're like, "All right, everyone cries, but like, you're really crying." I know. I cried for like two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Every like, time there it comes is, on, like, that's not a joke. Like, I'm a man crying. I like driving the ATV in the yard, just crying randomly because. <laughs> well, then the, the soundtrack was playing in the house for um, you know weeks. And I know. Anytime one of the songs comes on, me and my friends just look at each other and start crying. It's right. just oh, sad. It was great. I just, but Lady Gaga's voice is no joke. Like, she really moves my soul. Like, seriously. And, like, Adele is, like, another one that I feel like does that. But when we were watching the movie, I'm off on a tangent. But it's okay. And uh, that's what happens when I have my name on the podcast. I get to run it. So. <laughs> and he does. So, he takes those liberties. So, um, no, I'm just playing around. Because I do think it is a good idea. And um, But 
when she was acting and I, I'm in the mood and I keep looking and I'm like, wait a second. And like that person's acting really well. And I didn't know Lady Gaga's in the movie. Deborah suggested we go watch it. I had no idea what it was about. And I'm looking at, it, I'm like, wait, is that Lady Gaga? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And she's actually a great actress also. Like, great what job. the heck? And so takeaway you guys graduating you never know what you're going to be really good at and where life leads you i mean look at her story and all the hardships she had to to be amazing as she is and yeah. you know italian with a big nose i am one so i can relate <laughs> growing up maybe in that's New York why City. you cried for weeks he was like i get her story <laughs> i did i got it's i so mean neat. in ways i got both their stories yeah. i mean it's tough right and kind we all have our thing yeah kind so. of going off that tying back to miracle um, actually, do you guys watch America's Got Talent? I've seen it. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys know Angelica Hale? No. She was the really young girl. She was like eight at the time. Has an incredible voice. She sang Girl on Fire and really good songs. And so she was actually a patient at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Um, she needed a kidney transplant. And she was treated there. And so then she went on America's Got Talent and... She either won or came in second place. She went really far. And so now she spends her days um, traveling. So she's like in middle school, right? This little girl. She travels the country going to different events sponsored by Children's Miracle Network, raising money for the the organization in the hospital. So she went through a hardship and used it and her talents to make something good come out of it. Yeah, you never know. And as Deborah says, you never know when you're having a good day. Sometimes it could be your worst day or a worst situation, but it leads you to the successes down the road. And being able to help so many other people, Mm -hmm. you know, it gives her that commonality with them and people's brighten their day. And so I keep keep dancing around what I'm going to ask, but I feel like I've asked other groups, so I should ask you guys. So we have 2,200 acres here on campus. We're obviously coming here and building a food production facility. But one of the things that we're trying to look at is what to use the campus for. So as college students, what are the things that are missing downtown or missing in the town that you feel that you want in town that you we could do here? <laughs> and what are some of the things like outdoor activities? What are things that are missing from the area that we could bring here to this campus and help you guys out, even if we added the bus service out here that you guys already have, or offer its own bus service. You know what? You know what are the sky's the limit? No boundaries, nothing to draw inside of. Draw all over the page. What would it be? So I've got three ideas that automatically come to my mind. Zero. <laughs> um, the first one, a park. We only have one in Millville that like actually has like a playground and stuff, um, but it's kind of not the pit. It's oh. kind of like... What about the Greenway? But there's no, like, playground equipment. So, like, putting, like, a huge play, like playground, park, like, picnic benches, things like that. Like you can't, a huge treehouse? Yeah, you can't... I don't know how much money you'd make off of it, but I think the community could really use a good place to go. The kids would love that. Always thinking about them. The second <laughs> thing is you could use, you could create, like, an outdoor venue, like, build a beautiful barn. People could use it for sorority formals in the area That's and weddings, things like that. The last idea, a brewery. We don't have one. We've had that one again. All three groups have said brewery, just so you guys know. The closest one is Athens or Macon. And the outdoor area was also, they were like, we need a rooftop something. Yeah, (laughs) and especially if you have a bus service, you know, no drinking and driving. It's safe. Okay, so I'm going to give Kat a chance to to play off of this. So 
what is some of the food that's in Milledgeville um, that you like? But, you know, what are your favorite restaurants? But more importantly, what is food that you can't get here that you wish was here? Farm to table. Oh, farm to table. Farm to table. And it seems like that should be accessible, right? Like, we're kind of out here. She knew where I was going. No, you nailed it. Like, let's... I'm glad you said that because we talked about Whole Foods a yes. little bit earlier. Have a farm to so, brewery. Oh, okay. Where so they serve good food. Accessible, healthy food that is affordable. So many people would be interested in that. And then the community as well as college students that are on campus. Oh my gosh. People are begging for a healthy food restaurant or somewhere that they can go. It doesn't have to be like, you know, fast food or fast casual, something like that. But, um... Something maybe with like long, see this is the interior decorating part that's coming <laughs> out, you know, an outside seating area with the little string lights and a long um, dining table. Something that's nice and easy where you can go sit down, but it's still affordable um, and has, you know, healthier options. And I don't just mean like a salad. I'm talking, you know, if it's farm-raised beef or something like that. And you could partner with FarmView, actually. I don't know if you... Yeah. Yep. FarmView. Yeah. They're amazing. They are amazing. Um, and the food that they provide is amazing. So you could partner with them and work on something like that. I think it'd be... I know. I was kind of amazed. We stopped there for lunch yesterday and I had salmon and grilled vegetables and it was like nine dollars i kind of right. couldn't believe it i was like that's such a deal i mean you would spend that at a lot of different fast food restaurants mm-hmm. right and here was this beautiful we spent more than that in taco bell last night because we were here <laughs> recording until no place was open so we had well i think we also got someone else's order because we ordered like three things but they were like five in the bag yeah we so got like, bonus oh tacos <laughs> there's always so many stuff. bags when it comes to taco bell you get like one taco you get five bags you know yeah. i won't get five free all <laughs> right <laughs> I'm like, and I didn't get the burrito, but whatever. So, okay, <laughs> this is awesome. So we talked about the brewery. We've got a farm to table. So brewery, natural beer probably, and we, we try to keep all the crap out of it. And we've talked about cider, so I'll throw that one in there since we did a cider episode, our yes. alcoholic cider. And you could also do, like, I know other people have, like, breweries with an outdoor area to bring your dogs. So you can do a park and a brewery together. Why yeah. don't you just do all People three, can man. do a, you can get weddings in there. Oh my have gosh. The, have the the farm table restaurant on the side of the brewery because people are going to come eat beer. Why not eat food? And at the wedding they eat can beer. sit there. <laughs> drink, drink beer. <laughs> eat food. Bring your dog. Have a park. Perfect. This would be a great place to come. Okay. So what activities are there that, so we talked about the park, but I mean, Games like someone we've had a group suggest beer pong and we've had a group suggest cornhole and things like that. Are these type of activities that you guys can't do on campus that would be a place to attract people? How would we attract people to it or and and be college students party? I mean that's what you guys do. We want you to people come. would come to the breweries in the evenings I instead think, of going downtown. I think it's hysterical that somebody said that there's not beer pong. They can't find some place to play beer pong on, not on campus, I guess, but, but around here. General, yeah, there's well, like I it's think everywhere. What, I think yeah. what, they're, what they're saying is that there's not a big place where everyone can compete on a yeah. large scale. Yeah. Well, I have a question. So I know that there used to be this place, it was a coffee shop, um, but they made these amazing muffins. And they had the, it, the muffin top was enormous, which, you know, is, of course, the best part of the muffin. Right. Anyway, and I used to go there to study, and it was just kind of a cool place. And sometimes at night they would have live music. And I thought that was fun. It was just someone doing 
an acoustic scenario or whatever. And so that was really fun. And anyway, do you guys have fun, like little places that you can go and hunker down and do your studying? So and- actually yesterday we spent 10 hours in Blackbird, which is our local coffee shop downtown. And there's three different sections where you can sit. They actually just expanded to make it bigger because so many people go. And every time it's like a hunt for a seat there, you right. know? Right. Um, so- yeah, they've got great coffee. It's like a good atmosphere. They've got, they don't have live music, but they have like acoustic music over the speakers. Right. And you just grab a coffee, sit down and do your work. So as coincidence would have it, I just met Jimmy, who's the owner. Yes. Um, like minutes ago. Was he really? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he's going to come on the podcast. He was kind of wanting to know our capabilities and stuff over in the kitchen. And we were flirting with all different ideas when he was kind of hearing what we could or possibly could do for them um, or that they could do for themselves. And uh, anyway, he has all these different ideas. But I want to know because I've had rumors that they have... Um, quite a few really favorite drinks. So what's you guys' favorite drink there? We were just talking about this yesterday. Yes. Well, I, in general, love a vanilla latte, mm-hmm. iced or hot, but they have something called a Fogel chai. Ooh. Oh, man. And if you get a dirty Fogel chai, it adds <laughs> espresso into it. Otherwise, there's really not any caffeine, and, you know, that's just not the move. <laughs> but um, getting a dirty Fogel chai, I do not like chai lattes, but I love theirs. So highly recommend if you're going in there i always hear about blackbirds dirty chai lattes yeah. or not lattes uh, what is it you just said Fogel chai yes dirty Fogel chai yes dirty i always Fogel hear about it. and have you guys heard about the coco loco nut or something yes coco mocha nut coco mocha nut yeah have you had it? It's still amazing. I don't Because I, I want to go get one because I've been told that that's amazing. And also the, what did you call it? The Fogel chai. Fogel chai. And mm-hmm. I was like, and for me, I'm not a huge chai fan, but, um, and it's kind of because a lot of times it's so sweet. And so, but I think if you add the espresso to it, it it's would. It's the perfect balance. Okay. But if you are not interested in sweet, do not get the coco coconut. It is like drinking the syrup. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. And I'm not a, yeah, I don't like, I love sweets. Don't get me wrong. Anyone who knows me, like I eat candy, you know, <laughs> I really, I have junk food, whatever. I'm bad about that. But when it comes to like my food, mm-hmm. I don't like to really eat like barbecue sauce is even a little bit tricky for me unless it's got a kick because it's sweet, you know, or uh, mandarin orange chicken or that kind of thing. Like I don't really like my food sweet. Right. Even pineapple a little bit throws me. Occasionally I can do like a chutney or something, but you know, a lot of times people do pork chops and they do a sweet yes, thing with it or a so glaze or yeah. I love the balance between salty and sweet, but the problem with the coconut is that it's just all sweet and it's like, very milky, mm-hmm. not really getting a lot of um, coffee in there. And Blackbird is known for their coffee being amazing. So right. um, if you're going to go, I would either try the Fogel Chai. I know you don't like chai, but yeah. it's it's different from all the other ones that I've had. Um, or a latte. Their lattes are amazing. And so you said that Jimmy, the owner of it, he was yes. a professor for you? Yes. He was my English 1102 professor uh, my freshman year. And he is absolutely wonderful. He would meet with his students anytime and he'd actually meet with us in Blackbird. And um, I, freshman year, was a little bit of a slacker. I was like, you know, you're kind of a joke. It was my first semester, you're adjusting to college. And I would, his class was at 11 and I would oversleep somehow. That does not happen after your freshman year. But um, I would oversleep. So I think I had uh, gone over his attendance policy. 
and he was like, I think we should have a meeting. <laughs> so I met with him at Blackbird, and he was like, I would give you an A in this class, but I just, I can't do it because you've gone over your attendance policy and I just wanted to make sure that you knew why and stuff like that. So, but you know, he made, he told me in person and he made it in a way that I completely understood where he was coming from and I wanted to be responsible for right. what I'd done. So I think he's great. He's taught me a lot of just lessons that I've been able to carry on and right. Some of the stuff that we read in his class, I still remember, and it's we read something called the yellow wall, the yellow wallpaper, right? And it still sticks with me. It's the only class that I've ever like been interested in reading what what was recommended. So he's a great guy. I'm sure the podcast will be extremely interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he has all these ideas about growing his business, and you know, it's fun. And you know, hearing all you kids who have your marketing degrees and whatnot, I'm like, gosh, my mind goes a little bit crazy with ideas of like how fun would it be for you to get to work with them or try to unite? Because you guys are being fresh out of school, even if it was like a little side job, you probably would work for relatively reasonable rates. And these are you know smaller companies that so they don't have big budgets, and but great way to like maybe marry the two. And so you know with the idea that we got today about the um, meetup.com or whatever, it might be kind of cool to bring in, you know, different resources for some of these companies. That idea. We did. I you know. Did. You really <laughs> nailed it on that one. That I was really. That was really tall. That was all my dad. I called him. So my dad's in the food business, um, and he owns his own company. And I was talking to him, trying to get some brainstorming. After I met with you guys initially, I called him. And I was like, I'm going to be calling you about this project because you'll have good ideas. And I was talking to him. I was like, how do you meet people? And he was like, I once went to a meetup.com event. And I looked through it, and I was like, this is incredible. And now I want to use it for, like, personal use. Like, what kind of groups are there in the areas that I'm going to? Right. right. Well, I'm going to definitely reach out to you guys to help us do something in Atlanta. Please do. Just- for fun and just to be a part of it and it was your idea so I think you should get credit of it and be a part of it and let us publicly announce you guys and let people the shark circle the tank to try to pick you guys up cause because, stir over you guys yeah so it's for sure I'm serious I think it's it's part of what it is and word of mouth is a powerful thing as you just said you talked to your dad about it and that's mm-hmm. how he did it um, and actually, when we met with Dr. Fontenot to kind of go over ideas, and I brought up meetup.com, she was telling us how her daughter was using it because she just moved to a new place and she wanted to meet people, so she was using it. So it was kind of like. And that's in Portland, too. So, I mean, yeah. it's really, it's right. all over it's the everywhere. State, so. mm-hmm. It's really yeah. cool. Well, I love the idea. I mean, we already have interest from people who've been on the podcast as to how they can all be part of something. And it kind of adds in that and like getting them all in a way so they can help each other too, because that co-branding and that, you know, there's a lot of cohesive synergies that get formed from company to company. And I think that that kind of helps facilitate that. And maybe that's kind of a next level thing that we could help people through the podcast. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, so I got one last question since we've talked about it is what is, what did you enjoy about the project the most? Cat, I'll have you go first. Okay. Well, I really enjoyed the whole experience, and I'm not just, you know, saying that to blow smoke, but I, I really think I learned a lot. I loved working with Tal. She's so easy to work with Same. and has been, you know, anytime I was like, 
oh man, she's like, no, come on, let's meet at, let's meet at Blackbird, we'll get a coffee, it'll be all good. She's very encouraging to work with, and uh, we got a lot of work done when we were together, more mm -hmm. I'd say than when we were apart. I agree. Um, but I think my favorite part about this experience was getting to learn about um, social media. There's so much research, I mean, you'll see, your paper is a book. Right. But there's so much research that goes behind uh, these projects and presentations and being able to study social media and, and what, you know, what power it has and what's popular, what's not popular was not only good for me to know for your project, but it was also just good for me to know in my personal life. And if I ever decide to start my own company or something like that, I know how to promote it. Um, and of course, I'll do more research later on if it gets if we get there. But um <laughs> I think that was probably the most interesting and insightful portion. I didn't know that there were like specific times of day that you should post and um, the psychology of colors and creating a logo and all that stuff and how important it is to build your brand online. Um, so that was my favorite part and my biggest takeaway. Um, I have to say, I kind of have like a two-parter. So one, I've never actually worked with like real clients. I've had, you know, a teacher assign me a company, a real one, but I've never interacted, asked questions, gotten research specifically for someone and handed someone a project for them to implement. Like in real life, everything was just imaginary, you know? So that was a really neat experience. Um, especially, I'm interested to see what you guys do of all the research that was brought to y'all today to see what you guys implement and how that really goes or what happens with that but then the other part was I learned that small changes can make big differences I think sometimes people when they face a problem they're like all right what's the biggest thing I can do let's take drastic changes and I was like while we were talking I was like sometimes a little change goes a big way you don't have to tackle an entire thing right. if you change one thing it will overall change every like help solve right. a problem that was we were talking about that and we didn't want to give you anything that we felt was more than bite-sized mm -hmm. because we know that this business is is pretty new and you know we know that you hit the pavement right off the bat but we want to give you we wanted to give you ideas that you could implement over time and you know you don't have to jump in and do them all at once you have little pieces that you can take from the paper one on their own and they're each standalone pieces so if you decide you know, we're not doing the ads, we're not rebranding, but we love the meetup, you can right. use it. You know, we just were here to offer you the ideas and we're excited to see how you guys implement them and where it goes. Well, I was thoroughly impressed. I was really surprised with the level of professionalism of all three of the groups. I thought they did an amazing job. They came up with lots of really great ideas. And it's funny because then I was kind of wanting to have you guys on retainer for all sorts of things. Like, hey, could you guys look up this and figure out how we do that? And, you we know, love Jess and I got in the car and had all sorts help. of ideas. I, I yeah. once owned part of a marketing agency. Um, and I, I'll plug them. They were centerfold agency, but they were all about storytelling. I no longer am involved, but like I said, keep us around, keep us in mind, get some experience under your belt, learn, and really, if you decide you want to go do your own thing, guys, we'd be interested in helping you do that Thank and you. being a part of it. And obviously, as a company, we need marketing services. You can see we don't do any marketing. We, you know, it's all Deborah and I as business <laughs> development. You know, Deborah designs the pamphlets and the handouts and the brochures. And I do social media and we're in food production, but we're trying to make our way into other things 
And all the subsidiaries we've ever had have always been sort of businesses or we were part of a marketing group that did it for us or a buying group or whatever. So this is something we're doing and we have a whole campus here. So I was I, wondering, I'm so sorry. No, no, go ahead. Second time. I was wondering if you guys would be interested in hiring someone to run your social media accounts, create those uh, promotional materials for, you know, any guests that you're having come on and, and also work with the guests to say, you know, we're, we're having you on, we're giving you this promotion, but here's what we need in return. We need you to post our logo on your photos and stuff like that. Would you, is that something that you're interested in? And so I will say that uh, without spoiling it, but over the fall, we will be bringing in someone to do the marketing and advertising on social media, not only for the podcast, but for all the businesses we do. Wow. We're having a central person manage all of the accounts, really kind of follow what we're doing here on the campus and exploration and things like that. So yes. And so I will keep all of you guys in mind. Um, it is located in Milledgeville, but <laughs> that is a possibility that we can work out other things, of course, because we're flexible. I mean, Deborah and I live in Colorado. We don't, right. the office is in our home and all of our locations yeah. are not in Colorado. So, and you guys are a mobile generation, so yeah. it makes it easy, but yes, okay. I, I assume you might be asking for yourself. Yes. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's good. I see why you, the elevator pitch thing works so well. You just pitch yourself and <laughs> you pitch me. I'm like, okay. And but, also just so y'all know, the mass communications program at our school requires, don't give away my <laughs> <laughs> well, like for future if cat's unavailable um <laughs> after cat uh the mass communication like they the mass comm majors need to have an internship before graduation they're all required to do one and so you could potentially look into getting one of them to help you all out if well, cat's not available we still, need, we, <laughs> we still need a professional in person that did it 24 7 and owned yeah. it like here's here's how we do business and as entrepreneurs is we want someone to own what they're doing. They get the well. A cool part run. too is they could be a mentor, yeah. right? Yeah, like there say, could be multi-layers. Right. The intern that. could learn from that, right? And so, like, and then we could do volunteer projects on campus and give back to two awesome organizations. I think on campus. So um, we will talk more, and I hope you guys stay in touch because we're going to stay in touch with you guys. And Thanks. I've offered this too to the other groups is as we start renovating the facility and in the buildings and stuff like that we're going to be taking next steps to do what we talked about how do we get more people out here how do we bring more food businesses because this will be the georgia international food center as a campus so how do we bring breweries here and, and how do we step that and market that so it's more than just the social media we're talking a whole department you know around you know with deborah and i to go market our businesses and do it out there and like the podcast, we want to be the the flower, not the bee. We don't want right. to be running around. How do we attract people here? How do we bring college students here from two miles away? You know, that's the goal here. And it is, there's no reason it shouldn't be that way. So um, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. You guys this was are such amazing. a cool experience. You're superstars. So you just don't know it yet. Trust thank me. You. And yeah. keep the work ethic and be willing to learn, like I said, and have an open mind and an open heart for sure. And just be willing to learn and, and be willing to make mistakes and fail. And 
really, it really impressed me because you went straight at my ego, like seriously. <laughs> and it took a lot Not of courage. really. They were very sweet about it. They were, they did a great job. I wasn't yeah. saying it in a mean way. I oh, know. Your mama bear, like in <laughs> okay, all the time. Like, like, be, be careful, Justin. Like, I know. Go, go out of the studio again. You're doing fine just without you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I You're know they did it right. I mean, they gave they gave some hard advice, but no, I it's that what it was it authentic. Yes. It was authentic. Yeah, I'm not. That's yes. I 100. I was just kidding. I was tongue in cheek, but going after my ego. Although my ego is a little bit weepy right now. It's uh, is that a tear? Did a you tear. guys see a tear? We were just like a star is born. born. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, everyone's uh, emotional. <laughs> No, but I really, I think it took so much courage to do that. And I'm actually glad to hear you went and talked to Renee about it. And because you got support of a mentor and a support system to do it. And you took all the right steps, you know. And the other thing I want to tell you is every group talked about how they would meet and then go off and do their own thing. But it shows that you guys actually stuck and meet and worked on the project together. And you don't (laughs) realize it, but... I, it's not about how you you speak about something. Everyone has trouble speaking, and, and some people do it better than others, and some people are more charismatic than others. But when something happens and comes together from hard work, it's portrayed whether or not you're good speakers or not, but it's also portrayed in the way you are with each other. Look, you have a bond. They're like, they've high-fived each other. I think it was a high-five. Maybe it was a pound. At least 10 times since we've done this podcast. I'm really so, big into high-fives. Uh, okay. yeah. There's some bonding going I know. on. We were, yeah. Deborah and I have high-five, low-five, belly bucks. and like It's it, expanded over expanded the time. Over <laughs> time. Like the the high-five is no longer enough. The high-five was the original, and then we've expanded. But, um, but it's important that you have that and spending time with each other to work on a project it really has shown so you know relationships are important and they're important they're more important than money because the money will follow the relationship i truly believe that and so thank you guys again and good luck please stay in touch and uh this is justin the food entrepreneurs podcast I'm Justin Bizarro. If you guys like what you're hearing, please share it. I know these girls are going to share it. I want to share their story because, seriously, you guys really motivated and inspired me with your your passions. Um, and it really told me and the audience about who you guys really are. So you've touched me and changed my life in a major way. And I really think it's really important that we, we do more for children who can't do things for themselves and I really do think it's so important that we really educate people on you know consent and things like that because we don't do enough of it you know we're bringing it more into colleges but we don't carry that on into the real world and I think it's so important Um, and especially we can teach our children if we learn it as adults so before they even get to college someone else should be teaching our kids for us so um, that's pretty important. So thank you guys. If you guys want to be on the podcast, it's justin.bizarro at gmail.com. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And that's spelled B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. Since I was told it's hard to know my last name on the air, so I'm <laughs> going to just say it on the air. Um, but reach out to us on social media and Facebook, Justin and the food entrepreneurs if you want to be on the podcast. So thank you everyone very much and have a great day.